All right, welcome to Aaron Calling, a podcast where two Aarons talk music, and tonight we are winging it beyond belief. Wanging it. <laughs> Wanging it, danging it. Wanging it. Wango tango, as Ted Nugent would say. <laughs> we you uh, see that record of his with the when he's in the like weird little like fur like uh undies. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Why don't they do that anymore? Well we need more. I think of that. he ruined all that. That's true. That's fair. Um so it's been a couple weeks. I know. It seems like it's been uh, forever. forever. Forever a day. Forever and a day. We got a lot. Well, we got a lot to catch up on. We do. <laughs> so I say, let's do this for the yep. uh, <clears throat> the sake of um, all the stuff we recently bought and our. Yep. Uh, uh, potentially, I don't know where you are, but quarantined uh, uh, states of mind. We'll right. uh, let's let's run through let's run through like ten of our purchases, and then um, we can chat. Maybe some uh, Netflix documentaries for people to watch, and then uh, yes. and then maybe some other stuff that that may or may not pop up. So, but um, you. You go first because okay. you've been you've been uh, busy. You've been you've been you've been busy, <laughs> and uh, I have no idea how to count the ten. So we'll just have to feel it out. <laughs> right? Yes, I've forgotten all of the counting. Um, let me see. Where was my? There she is. So went to uh, went on a camping trip just before the world began to truly end. Uh, down in, uh, South Carolina, we, we stayed in Edisto, uh, Edisto Island, uh, did some camping. And then the last two nights we went to Charleston, stayed there at eight. There's a, a music shop, a little record shop that I follow called Gray Cat Music Nice in Charleston. Um, they got a cool setup there. Um, it is in like an antiques, like, market so there's like multiple little stalls and they have one there they also have another one in another kind of similar setup in charleston but uh this one was really cool is like probably four four or five bins on each side it's like a little cubicle guy um and uh i walked up and lo and behold was uh luck of the draw nice. by bonnie Raitt. Nice. Uh, which anybody who has heard us talk, uh, we have talked about this record multiple times. Um, That's right. I have personally, <clears throat> sorry, I have personally never seen it uh, in the wild. I as, don't think I've either. Such. I've seen a CD copy here and there, but never an actual vinyl copy. Uh, so I nabbed it, of course. Um, there's a there's like a tiny little warpage to it, um, but other than that, it it is immaculate. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple dings on the cover, that kind of thing. But like it, it is real nice. Um, and it was not like I have, I think I've seen online a vinyl copy before and it was like 50, 60 bucks, something like that. Yeah. And this was uh, well under that. It was like half of that. So it was like $24, I think. 
um, which I'm okay with paying for some things. And this is one of yeah. them. So yeah, yeah, totally. It's great. Uh, Ozzy is already a huge fan of I Can't Make You Love Me. He was like singing it in the car. It was really good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that was a that was a fun fun trip. Uh, I got some other stuff there too. A couple of things here and there. The prices are really great. Um, and if you're there, you should check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going through solds on eBay, and it's, like, all bids, but it's, like, 55, 61, 70, 50, 51, 80. There's a 38, but, yeah, so you did good. Yeah, I was I was proud. You done good! Yeah, good strange. It's just one of those things, like, it's strange, you know, and I know you've had this experience, like, like kind of like with your uh, Starflyer record. Like, you walk in, yeah. and, like, this thing that you've been, like, thinking you would never probably see is just, like, brink right there you're like what? yeah <laughs> and i love those um like antique malls just because yeah. like i love old stuff in general but right. um i love when people are selling within them you know you never know some people are selling like well part of the reason why i love them is because they can be selling like a very common record for 25 dollars, but then right. you find a not so common one for you know 10 or you know 15 right. you know because they're just not that familiar with it so um yeah, yeah that's, it's always a gamble but it's always a lot of fun yeah he's got uh i've just been following him he was like i, I kept seeing the gray cat thing kind of pop up on instagram and other people's stuff stores and all that i follow in the area so i was like oh, i'll just start following that and i just kind of seen it and i was like oh if we're going to charleston maybe i'll just stop in and okay there you go and uh, yeah, there's a couple other things I got that'll show up here in a minute. In a minute. Let's see. I <clears> picked <throat> up uh, last weekend, kind of the last, the <laughs> last weekend before I've just been holed up in the house. But, um, <laughs> right. Uh, the local store near me had a fifty cent um, sale, and yeah. uh, so I was like, "Well, cool. I'll go down there." So I picked up a few things. For 50 cents I'll tell you about Now I did not get this for 50 cents But I just couldn't pass it up And um, I, I like I kept I kept going back and forth On buying it when it came out And then it sold out And I was like oh, I'm an idiot So I was excited to find it um, And it's the Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die Vinyl Me Please version Nice with the Crazy like double LP marbled Like red and white Um colors and it was 40 bucks which is like not bad not uh, bad for that record and um so yeah so i picked that up it was actually one of the people that worked in the store uh i was like is that the vital me please version and then one guy's like i don't know so i got it off the wall and then, <laughs> and then he goes i don't know ask her it's, it was hers she was like yeah and i was like yeah it says it right here and he's like oh yeah okay so, uh, i think it's a fun one to have um for obvious musical reasons, but um, right. the packaging on that one and the 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 uh, the record <clears throat> itself just look great. So so I was happy yeah. to to stumble on that one, and I would expect stumbling on it in other stores would probably be seventy or eighty. So yeah. forty, I'm I'm happy with. So nice. And the boys were excited. I got it too. So I, I bet. Yep. Noise. Uh, I'm gonna group a couple, and I guess this is technically cheating, but. Um, this will this will give away some uh, some discussion that we'll have here in a little bit. But um, I got I f- came across uh, searching 
for some uh, samples, songs and things that samples have been pulled from, which is a favorite pastime. Uh, I came across uh, this group, uh, The Emotions. Uh, I got at Carolina Soul, I got, I believe it's their third, this is their third record. It's called Untouched. It's a Volt, Stax Volt. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> release, and they have the song called Blind Alley has been, it's one of those songs, like, if you hear it, you're like, oh, wow. Yep, there's that song. I've heard that in, like, 25 songs from, like, 1987 to, like, 89 hip-hop. Um, <clears throat> so I had come across that through searching through other stuff um, and then just happened to walk into... Carolina Soul, a big chunk of my list will be made up from the same trip. But I just walked in, it was like somebody had dumped like Stax Volt stuff. And oh, I was like, yes, great. yes, I will, I will gladly take that off your hands. Um, and then I found for like a dollar uh, a later record by the same group, The Emotions, which has uh, Best of My Love on it, nice. which is <laughs> a very, is like one of my favorites. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I didn't even know, I, you know, it was like one of those fun things of like, I didn't know it was the same, same three ladies and, uh, you know, two different, two completely different eras. Like they were still going strong for sure, but like they had kind of a downturn. And then this record, uh, it's called Rejoice came out. It's sort of, there's some definite like gospel, uh, strands through there um but best of my love is the song that everybody would know if they heard yep. also did not know that that was uh produced by mr maurice white of uh earth wind and fire which totally once i found that out too also made perfect sense yeah that, so makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> sounds like an earth wind and fire song so but yeah uh so one very dirty kind of gritty soul the other one much more polished i think they won a grammy for the best of my love for yeah. that rejoice record so anyways good stuff nice yeah i um after let's see i left i left the 50 cent sale and swung by another store near me <clears> and uh i i saw them post some things on facebook so i was like oh i hope it's still there and um and it was, which nice. I got Faith No More's Introduce Yourself. Mm. Um, and like the goodie. original 87. Yeah. yeah. It's like the original 1987 version too, because it still has the music distributor sticker on it. Like, nice. And it's got a cutout corner. So it's probably like the free copy that like the distributor, the local distributor got to like right. help sell it or whatever. But um yep. th- so the record was in great condition and uh, it still has awesome. like, a promo sticker on it and everything. So <clears throat> man, there's some weird vocal performances on that record. <laughs> like like you gotta like like Mike Patton yes. really came into his own like with the real thing. That's all I'm gonna say. But like well, before that there's uh was introduce yourself was that the guy before him, though? Was it? I think it's Chuck Mosley was his name. God, I'm I'm really pulling it out of my brain hole right now. Because introduce oh, yeah, yourself, you're right? Does Come that on. have "We Care a Lot" on? Oh, it? wait. Yeah. Yeah. It that's that's the guy before. Which is crazy because you're like that's the guy sounds just like, but yes, 
<laughs> well, there you go. That explains it why. Yeah. He, uh, yes, he did trouble some... holding uh, holding on to uh, notes. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, you c- you can kind of understand why if you're the other guys in that band when that guy starts uh, down the the drug drug pipeline, you're like, maybe we can get that other guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I mean, We Care A Lot is like... Uh, okay, so there's another song in here where they're all naming their names, and I had forgotten, technically, there would be, once Mike Patton was in there, there would be two Mikes, so there's right. Mike Borden and Mike Patton. Yes. Okay, so, because somebody says, like, hey, Mikey, or something like that, like, yeah, in the yeah. song, so I was like, well, I guess he is in the band, because it was so distinct, <laughs> I was like, maybe that's not, not, not even him, but, uh, right. but yeah, it's, um, that's funny. You know, it's one of those things that, like, visually look like, and I hope to find the real thing at some point, oh, but, uh, but like, just the, just the, just seeing it, I was like, yeah, I got to get this. So, right. I think it was only like 20 bucks or something like that, too. So, nice. um, so yeah, it was, it, it was fun to have. Definitely the beginning of their career, as, uh, yes, as, as we've established, but, uh, but still kind of fun <laughs> to have. I mean, we care a lot. It's just such a kind of a meathead you know fun <laughs> great song <laughs> theme song for dirty jobs or whatever that right uh, definitely definitely that, points towards what they're gonna do yep yep yeah it's so, like the only song on the record that you're like oh yeah now i see where you're going yep <laughs> but uh but yeah it was fun to find that one so. yeah i think i have uh i bought a copy of Angel Dust. Oh, on, it's yeah. like a music on vinyl copy. Oh, which yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. Usually not. Sometimes it's like that stuff can be hit or miss. And uh, this one sounds really good. And uh, yeah. they did a great job with like the packaging and the whole, yeah. the whole shebang. All the music on vinyl stuff I've gotten has been great. So. Um, but I, I really am. I've heard rumbles off in the distance that. Uh, because they're back out on the road and all yeah. that stuff with corn, right? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> we could have a whole episode. I feel like on weird tours that are happening right now, <laughs> or or that have been that were current that were recently postponed this week. Right. How about that? The tours that were going to happen, yeah. Um, but I've been I've been hearing rumbles that you know that whole Mister Bungle world and Faith and More world are going to be possibly. Uh, reissued, which I would yeah. love to have, like you said, the real thing. Um, yeah. Post, and we've like, talked about this like, before. Ooh. Yeah, the Soul Invictus or whatever. There's like one yeah. good song on there, I think. But like, yeah. Angel Dust, I, I went through a really weird phase with that record. But um, <laughs> uh, um, the, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it would be, I think it'd be great if they could do like a really, um, deluxe reissue of the real thing because and yeah. we talked about this before but the cd version has um whatever the last song is the is it the zombie song or something or oh uh, uh war pigs war pigs yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. i think it's it's the last song on the cd but i don't think they had enough room for it on the lp so the right. uh, like og versions don't even have that on there so yeah but but yeah okay you go okay um so i have been uh as you you so eloquently said to me the other day, this this marvelous lady has been very, uh, to quote you, available to me lately. <laughs> um, Aretha Franklin, I found 
uh, in the last week, two weeks, I've found uh, three of her records. Um, That's great. I got, I'd already had Think uh, and now, or no, not Think, uh, Reason Now. Uh, yep. So I found uh, Lady Soul at uh, Carolina Soul, which uh, yep. uh, is probably my, it could be my favorite Aretha. Hmm. Um, simply because of uh, Since You've Been Gone, Sweet Sweet Baby. That song, I don't know why that song gets me, but <laughs> that song, like, I will lose it. Uh, but at the same shop, Grey Cat Music in uh, Charleston, uh, I found uh, Young Gifted in Black. Which is for great. Like that, eight I've bucks. been keeping my eye out for that one. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, it's like that's eight good. bucks. It's got a split on the bottom of the corner or of the cover, but the record is in great shape. Um, yep. Other than that split, there's really not a lot going on. It's got a little cutout. It was obviously is a promo. Just a, is that just a one LP? Yes. Is it just single record? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, does that have Rocksteady on it? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my jam. I have which I bought is such a great song. For like, <laughs> yeah, I bought a forty-five probably for about eight bucks to right. DJ with, but because um, I never find that record, uh, and online it seems pretty expensive. So that's a good find. Yeah, it's you know it's one of those records. It's like definitely later in her like I guess her kind of first golden era. It's after you know like. Uh, Amazing Grace and all that stuff. And she's got a crazy good band on most of it, but it's a lot more funky and gritty. And yeah. she's getting a little bit more political. And it's just like a great marrying of all the things that you love about Aretha Franklin, like in one shot. So I was super psyched when I found that one. And we left and uh, I got home and I was like, he had another aretha which is aretha arrives okay. um, which is uh i think it came between never love a man the way i love you and uh lady soul i think aretha arrives came it's mainly like covers but they're really good covers um like she does like satisfaction and all kind of good stuff uh so then i i i got on the phone and called my gray cat music peeps and i was like is that thing still there <laughs> Can I can nice. I nab that thing? So that'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, yes, I'm on an Aretha kick. I don't know why she's just showing up everywhere I go. But that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So at that same store where I found the Faith No More, I also found uh the double LP. It's the reissue, but the Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam record. It's the basically what everybody calls the avocado record. It's the oh blue yeah, one yeah, yeah, with the uh, with the avocado on the cover. <clears throat> and um, I really could care less about like spending money on OG Pearl Jam stuff because it's just ridiculous. Um, right. So finding this for um uh for um I can't remember how much I paid for it. it wasn't that much. Um, and yeah, I was super excited about it. This was kind of like, this came out in 2017? No, wait. Well, this reissue came out in 2017. Yeah, I think it was like 2008 um, or 9 was the I record. I think you're maybe? right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Hold on, I'm looking. Um, I, say, I, have, I have my CD guy up right here. 2006. 
Yeah. 2006. So, uh, and I can't remember their discography, like, top of mind. Right. But, well, hold on here. I can probably look at it. <coughs> I kind of gave up on them after No Code. And then yeah. was real lazy. And then kind of got back into them with... Uh, oh, I'm never going to find it because they have all their... <laughs> they have all their... Um, uh, what do you call it? Bootleg things. Oh, uh, I was looking through the discography. Uh, but I kind of got back into them with... Um, uh, with uh, why am I spacing the name of the record? Um, uh, I can't even think of it now. But this it, was my it point being Norl, that this one. It? No, it wasn't by Narl. It's <laughs> one after that, I think. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why can't I find this? Um, this was definitely the oh, record well. that. This was the first time I had paid attention to them in a long time. Yeah, I can. I can definitely um, say that. That avocado record was the one where I was like, oh, they can still do the thing. Yeah, there's like rock and so roll music rock- on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I got back into them with, I finally found it, with Riot Act in 2002. <laughs> right. Like it's that's just kind of that laid back record. And I was like, oh, I'm into this. Like, uh. yeah. And then, um, yeah, when, so that, like this, that, so the, the avocado record's kind of the one that I was actually sort of like interested, excited about when it came out, you know, at the right. time. So, and I had it on CD. And uh, so, you know, finding a, Finding just a nice little, you know, used remastered version of it's fun to kind of add to the, uh, you know, the the Pearl Jam vinyl collection. Because it's so funny, man, that we've talked about this a million times, but some of these bands that kind of love growing up with, it's like, uh, I don't have to have the LP versions. Do you know what I mean? Right. So um, going back, meaning like, I don't have to be like, oh, I forgot how good that band was. I need, I need to go buy you know stone temple pilots whatever it's like no i'm fine just hearing like a stream of it every now and then or whatever um but uh but yeah so it it was fun to find that one you don't see too many used copies usually it's like the brand new remasters for like 25 or something like that so this was cheaper so so yeah yep yep so that was that was one another one that i got so that's awesome yeah i dig that record it had was it uh, was it Life Wasted or whatever? Is that the name? Yeah, of the song? Life Wasted. Is I think good. that was like the World... single. Yep, and Worldwide Suicide, which is a good yep. song, which is kind of weird now, but <laughs> right, You're like uh, maybe let's cut that one out. Um, yeah, because I remember they played. I remember the thing that got me into that record was them playing on. <clears throat> sorry, on uh, Letterman. I think they played like yeah two or three nights in a row or something like that. They were like the house band on Letterman for like that week or something stupid. And I was like, wow, this is, wait, they came They're They're like back to their like hard charging selves a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. I was into it. Um, all right, let's see. Another, uh, another, this one is on Atco, which was sort of like, Stacks, Volt, Atlantic, the whole shebang. Um, Arthur Conley and his album Shake, Rattle, and Roll, which Arthur Conley was on. He was on Stacks, Volt, and went to like Europe, I believe, in like '67, and like no, basically nobody knew who he was. Um, and then by the time he got done, it was like, it was like he was like a big thing. 
like he and he went there with like Sam and Dave and Booker T and the MGs, uh, Eddie Floyd, all these folks, and he was kind of like the junior guy. He was like kind of set up to be like the next uh, kind of heartthrobby soul singer. Um, and uh, I think Otis Redding kind of took him under his wing a little bit and was like, "This is kind of how you want to go about this." Um, it's just a good uh, slab of soul. It has songs that you know. It has songs from like Otis Otis's catalog that like are kind of reinterpreted for Arthur Conley, basically because they know that like you know people don't really know who you are yet. So if you do these songs, they know these songs, so then it's easier to sell you as a singer. Um, yeah. So he does like "I've Been Loving You to st- Too Long to Stop Now." Uh, he does "A Change Is Gonna Come," um, "Shake Rattle and Roll." It's like things that you know, but with a really great backing band, of course. And the horns are all there. The marquees are there, playing the horns, and like it's just a really good, solid outing nice. and it was not expensive which was great <laughs> <laughs> um i picked up um that same weekend i was out on sunday shopping too and yep. um i found um the staple singers we'll get over <sighs> yeah, um which the thing I enjoy the most on it is their cover of Everyday People. <laughs> mm, yep. <laughs> which is kind of interesting. And uh, they got a song on there called Give a Damn, which is pretty good. I think Pop sings a lot on that one. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Stax record. Um, just, like, kind of a no-brainer. Like, yeah, right. okay, I got it. So <laughs> I just grabbed it. Yeah. Um, I also bought this Mavis Staples and I'm going to blank on the name of it, but it's like a total, I'm pretty sure it's like straight disco and I haven't listened to it yet, but, uh, <laughs> it oh, was yeah, $3 I and I, yeah. and I was like, yeah, right. I'll risk it. You know, maybe there's at least one or two good jams in there. So, sure. um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see how that one turns out. But, um, but I was definitely excited to find the, um, the, the staple singers will get over because as you know it's usually on those record usually for like a band like the staple singers you just find their greatest hits or 45s right. you know what i mean right. so finding the finding the lps uh, are always fun so yeah or you'll find like uh be altitude at like you know beat up is crap for mm. like 25 dollars yeah <laughs> like it's 25 I, mean, I think i paid I think I paid fifteen for this one, which feels high, but yeah, I just right. never see it, so jumped on. Right. Have you seen the uh, the craft box set of theirs? Yeah, Oof. you know, it's great, but like, that's a band I enjoy too much finding and buying. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. I uh, I have no problem with people doing like box sets like that, but like. I kind of don't like as a record shop, like if somebody likes to shop almost, you know, well, if I could every day, um, right. if I thought, well, oh, cool, I spent X amount and I now own every single record, I'd almost be like, wow, that kind of took the, you know, <laughs> you know, like right. now I own all the records. What's the fun in that? You know, you'll never, never kind of stumble on one. So uh, yeah. it looks great, but I, I think I'd rather just kind of find them out in the wild when I, when I do. Right. Yeah. I found, uh, I was just, I was just looking. I was like, I think I also have 
But no, I found be what you be what you are. Yeah, that's the one that I found that was like I. It was in the like overstock at, at like one of the shops here. It was like two dollars, and I was like, yeah. "Is this?" I was like, "I'm just gonna buy this because this can't be right, and I'm not gonna yeah. say a word about it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the guy was like, "Yep, two dollars." Like, okay, and ex- fully expecting to get home, and it'd be like a staticky mess, and it was great. And I was yeah. just like, "Okay, um, yeah. I'll take it." <laughs> um, I'll fast forward a little bit into 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 time. I think I got, we're halfway uh, through. By the way, I think we're on number five. You're on number I five. We are. <laughs> yes. Uh, I got a great copy from uh, a shop in Atlanta, Ella Guru Records. Um, Susie and the Banshees, uh, Once Upon a Time, the singles, which uh, I don't always love comps of this nature to be quite honest because sometimes it's like i don't know it's just like the i guess probably the completest in me is like it's cheating somehow yeah this is one of the uh exceptions to that i guess rule um because it's put together like it's put together in such a way that like it just feels like another record um like the songs as singles that were completely independent of each other and like over the span of like three years or whatever released, you know, out into the wild, uh, really, really work well together. And it's like one of my favorite album covers ever. Like, it's just really cool, like color blocked and like pictures of the band and the whole deal. They did another one after this called twice upon a time, which was like the later singles. Um, but I have never been able to locate that on vinyl. And I think if you could, it would be very expensive. So, yeah, but this one is, uh, in really great shape. And, uh, right after we got home from my camping trip, it was like the first thing I put on. I was like, yes, so psyched. But, uh, I love that band at some point. I'll probably go down that rabbit hole and really try and find my Susie and the Banshees catalog. But, I have most of them on CD from when they originally reissued them in like digipack form and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm good with those. I, um, you know, this. I went on a Herbie Hancock. Uh, Whew, yeah, you did. Like, I went into one store and I was like, well, I'll just see what they have. And they just have like <laughs> a ton for all like good <laughs> prices, you know, like eight yeah. bucks or less, you know? Of course. So um, I, I got his quartet record, and then I got Feats Don't Fail Me Now, and I think I got two others. Uh, I'm yeah, looking at my Discogs list, and I've been entering them in as I listen to them, and uh, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of behind on that stack of records that I bought. But, um, yep, I was just like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll, I'll get them. So, yep. uh, so I picked them up, and, um, you know, there's this – Herbie Hancock era where like it's really vocally driven surprisingly yes. I think yeah. like maybe it's not surprising I don't know but like when you think about like you know his early early stuff like his blue note stuff you know like mostly just piano and like court you know just real jazz and then right. I think what 70s and 80s like when he got really funky it's like yeah he's got all these cool vocals in there and I swear that there's like 
even songs that I think I can probably throw into like a DJ set somehow, you oh, know, sure, like yeah. even if even if they're like eight minutes long or whatever, figure out a way to kind of <laughs> like morph those in and morph them out. But um, so now I'm just whenever I find them and they're not ridiculously expensive, I just pick them up because it's like uh, it's just great to have. So, um, yeah, that was with the, I was with a friend and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, like all the ones I was showing them, you know. I was like, okay, you know, like I mean, I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm in a rabbit hole. This is what I do. I get obsessed right. with like one right. person, and then right. you know, just whenever something is available, I'll usually pick it up. And um, there's plenty of other examples on here uh, right. where that's the case. But um, you know, like, you know, he's got a lot of like records that people don't really like, but like. Um, but I still kind of want to have them just that completest part of me. And what's weird right. is I used to have a couple that I sold like forever ago, which I'm kind of kicking myself for now, but like, sure. Uh, so now I'm like, Oh cool. If I find those cheap, I'll pick them back up. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, um, the, those were all really fun to get. And I'm actually hoping to whip the rest of that, uh, pile out tomorrow. We're, we're, we're working from home this week. So I'm going to get yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of catch up time on listening to records here at home while while I'm working. So that's that's nice. Get the other other one or two that I picked up then on the list as well. So awesome. Um. So next up, I've got uh, Otis Redding and Carla Thomas, King and Queen, on uh, the Venerable Stacks records. Yeah. Um, this is featuring, of course, the song Tramp. Yeah, which was also a uh, later used as a sample sample material, um, but it has what I consider, even though Eddie Floyd's might be the one that a lot of people know because the album was titled this, but I think Otis Redding's "Knock on Wood" is yeah is the one like yeah. it just it it's gets you right in the the ding ding, um, but uh, it's really great. Uh, it's like split. One side is Otis, one side is Carla. They share vocals on a couple songs. Uh, it has a great cover where he looks like, you know, the he looks like the king card. She looks like the queen yeah. card. And they like morphs yeah, their faces. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell, all of my research, this is an OG copy, and uh, nice. it was not very much because somebody, you know, did some crazy stuff and put like a sticker with their name on the front of it. And it's a little, looks like it's been worn, but in that awesome way that like an old record does. So it was a little dinged up, but it plays great. I have a friend who cannot stand like handwriting and things on records and that like he, he yeah. almost will buy them because of it. And right. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh man, I got so far beyond that. Like I got, I, know. I, I got like, I got like, stickers i've got notes i've got all kind of weird stuff written on there i've got a right. uh, i've got a beatles record a mono hard day's night beatles record that came through me through family ties on emily's side and it's yeah they wrote the names of each person above and like colored in you know i mean it's like <laughs> i don't know that's just what people did back then so right you know but uh if the record sounds great and then, then i don't mind having it too much so yeah no it's uh i feel the same way it's like some of these you get and you're like, are you, you know, you see the cover and you're like, wow, somebody really went to town making sure that they knew that those were their records. Yeah, whatever. I know. And then you're like, but then you pull out the record, you're like, oh my God, this is immaculate. So, yep. 
at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to really enjoy listening to this. Yep. <laughs> Um, I got, I don't know if I've done this one or not. So if I have, someone will have to go back through and call me out on it. But, uh, sure. uh, I got a reissue of LS Underground's Waking Up the Dead. So, um, oh, nice. LS Underground is sort of the whole, again, that's my Mike, not rabbit hole yep. where he had a band called LSU. Sometimes he called it LS Underground. Um, he just, I don't know why he would always change the name yeah. up and it's makes it very confusing when you're trying to always make sure, sure you're co- picking up his record. No, sometimes you just call it lifesavers or lifesavers underground. Very confusing, but, um, they reissued this record, uh, waking up the dead and, um, sounds great. And, um, I, you know, I, it was really fun to pick up because, you know, um, all, most of his stuff, I don't think ever. A lot, I would say a lot of the material that he had probably didn't come out on, I don't know if there right. were LP versions or not at the time, because he was kind of doing it on his own. So um, the fact that they're kind of going back and doing that. There's another one that, um, it's called The Grace Prophet. Um, Grace or Great Prophet, I can't remember. But uh, that uh, they just did a Kickstarter campaign for, and like, it, you know, they needed like $15,000 or something crazy, and it, it was filled in like, a week you know <laughs> yeah, so. that's awesome so uh that'll probably show up like next year or something but um yeah that was a fun one fun one to add to the collection just really like loud kind of you know for people i don't know mike knott's kind of like this you know outsider of the ccm christian music industry and always made really loud obnoxious kind of like right really borderline records with depressing lyrics like it was really uh <laughs> uh yeah he, he was kind of out there and dark and uh so his stuff is just really but it's all really kind of honest so it was any of us that kind of grew up in that scene always sought it out because it was kind of the real deal so um it's right. fun to see those coming back around nice um Continuing on a rabbit hole of my own, I got uh, The Promise of a Future by Hugh Masekela, uh, which is, uh, I believe, I think this came out in 69 or 70, maybe. Maybe it might even be earlier than that, but I think it's 69 or 70. It has uh, Grazing in the Grass is the song on here that uh, most of us would know. This is also the record that I uh i sent you the little message where i was like you ever have that moment where you're like you don't know that a song you don't remember the title of a song or whatever and you get a record and you're like suddenly it comes on you're like in the other room like oh my god that's the song yeah like this totally happened like i'd had this jam in my head for like a week uh, with no reason um i went to carolina soul was like flipping through and they had like a couple copies of this and I was like, I really wanted to get it, but I had a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, I don't know. Then I remembered I had my little discount guy. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And uh, <laughs> picked it up. And then I was reading about the record as I was putting it on. I was like, crazy in the grass. I was like, it sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Put it on. And of course, it came on. And I was like, oh, my God, that's that's the jam <laughs> that's been in my head for like a week. And I didn't remember, um, mm-hmm. which is great because... I think Hugh gets the like, he kind of gets the short end of the stick somewhat. I think in like a popular way because of there was another really popular trumpet player at the same time named Miles Davis yeah. <laughs> doing oh, yeah. like a funky thing and all that, you know. Um, 
but I, I mean, there everything that I've discovered of Hugh Mascalas is like just really great. And yeah. so like, it's just one of those guys like now, like when I see one of his records, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to get that. <laughs> probably going to take a chance because it's probably going to be good. And so far they've all been great. So there you go. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see the, my, uh, my black delicious vinyl ah, yes. blazing arrow record showed up. So listen to it today. It's good. I really don't know it at all. So I'm sort of yeah. like coming in completely like listening to a reissued record, you know, that I've never heard before. Sure. Um, um, but it's just that sort of like, you know, out there, like intellectual kind of hip hop <laughs> that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot to take in and it's two LPs. So it's, it's a lot of music, nice. but, um, but I was uh, without without offending anyone that may or may not listen to this i was was much more excited to get that than the other vinyl me please album <laughs> selection of the month i'll just leave it at that so yeah uh <laughs> it's funny because i was gonna do mine as well there you um, go and say the same way there go for yeah, it yeah <laughs> uh so yes uh the if for anybody who doesn't know vinyl me please is like a uh monthly uh record club kind of deal um where you can sign up and they have different like i guess they consider them tracks is what they call them but like classics essentials and like hip-hop or something like that and so if you don't like then they send out a an email that tells you what you're getting every month or whatever and then they have a record of the month but if you don't like it you can swap it out for one of the other tracks that you haven't picked. Uh, we both opted out of <laughs> the Very one that was, quickly. um, you opted for black delicious. I opted for Eddie Floyd's knock on wood, um, which was from another month, but, uh, um, it's a great, great copy. They really did a bang up job. It's like super nice tip on sleeve and super heavy duty, you know, 180 gram, the whole thing. Um, it has so many good songs on it and it has a great album cover of him looking like he's going to chop down a tree, but he also looks like he's never held an ax in his entire sure. life. Why? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's just great. It's like, I don't think Eddie Floyd's ever swung an ax, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, again, stacks, you're probably not going to go wrong and I'm giving right. away, giving away part of my conversation later but uh, i okay i'm gonna just combine my last three how does that sound do it uh so back to the 50 cent music sale so yep. um because i think the last episode i went on quite a uh pro cd rant that um <laughs> i can't pass up cheap cds like you guys just can't Love do it. it you know so yep uh, at first I was looking through them, I'm like, oh, this is kind of exhausting. I wasn't really finding much, but then I found these three and I was like, oh yeah, got to get these. Um, the first one I found was burning airlines, identicate Oof. for 50 cents. Got to get it. Yeah. 2001 DeSoto. Um, oh, so good. The other one I got, which I've never seen before, but I was like, yeah, I gotta have this was, um, a Bill Frizzell record called gone just like a train. Oh yes. Also yeah. good. Sorry, yeah, I keep yeah. making strange noises. No, I like it. It's, <gasps> oh, it's weird. Ooh. It's weird. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's got like a weird frog looking thing on the cover. Um, I mean, it's Bill Frizzell, Victor Krauss, and Jim Keltner. Yep. Um, This was a 98 none such. 50 cents. You kidding me? And then here's the one I I love the most was Willie Nelson's Teatro. Oh. Now, here's the thing. Love that record. Produced by Daniel Lanois, and it sounds amazing like if people don't it, know this album <laughs> you like have to spend time with it because yes I, now i would say that i've probably listened to it via streaming or whatnot or i don't know i've never right. really owned it but um but i always loved the cover and so yes when i was like that's 50 cents so i grabbed it and but meant but that so i would say now i have you know definitely worked hard to put together a good li- uh, stereo system or two in my right. house or right. three, and uh, so I put it on like my Macintosh or system with my like Elac speakers, or whatever, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> like that sounds <laughs> yeah. amazing! Like it's just really big and open, and like yeah. there's a ton of like feels like natural reverb, just like really yeah. like man, you don't hear records that sound like that m- much right. anymore today, and uh, that is the f- yeah." I mean, 50 cents. Are you kidding me? Uh, so a yeah. buck 50 for all three of those. And uh, I've been wearing the, the Willie Nelson one. In fact, I'm probably going to either listen to it tonight or uh, throw it on tomorrow while working. So um, just a great, great record. I think Emmy Lou sings all over this, too. I think she does. I'm correct. Yep. There's definitely a lot of female vocals, and I think it's her. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's her. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, so, recorded. Um, yeah, that all that reverb is as I recall, is all natural. Right. Because they recorded it in that theater that's on in the In that theater, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, Light in the Attic Records, I believe, reissued that at, okay. for, like, Record Store Day or something. And, like, of course, it's now long out of print. But I, every so often, will, like, peek around and looking for it to see if I can find it on yep. Vinyl Cheap. Because... For the longest, my two favorite—I guess they probably still are—my two favorite Willie records were that and the one right after, which is oh, now I'm blanking. So favorite that, that I can't remember the name. Is that the uh, one with just him Spirit? on the cover with his braids? Yeah, yeah I think I it would be Spirit is the name of it, but it's like literally him and him playing guitar and singing, and his sister playing piano, and that's it. Oh, nice. And it's yeah. it is. It's like the essence of like Willie, like the only reason it works is because his sister has played with him for so long. They just know each other. Like, cause you you know, he's not playing with like a click track. Like he's just in there playing. He's just doing it and she's doing it with him and it's magic. And yeah, so sad. Like all the songs are like, you know, terribly sad, but oh sure, so good. So good. Well, if anyone finds Teatro store for 50 cents, or get even it. a dollar. Uh, you get, it. get it. This is actually the high def CD version too, the HD CD. So, uh, yeah, I mean that, that yeah. made it easy. So it is a great record. Um, yeah, I'll just lump my last two in. Why yeah. Uh, so I also picked up "Remember My Song" by Lobby Sifri, um, which contains a song called "I Got the." Which is famous because it became My Name Is uh, yep. by Eminem. Um, 
which you would never guess if you listen to the first, it's like a six and a half minute long song. If you listened, if you only ever heard the first four minutes, you'd be like, where's the, where's the Eminem song? Because it yeah. literally like just busts into that section. Like it's the weirdest thing. Um, but it's a great record. Uh, has some crazy good musicians on it. Uh, very funky, very awesome. Very 70s. Uh, and then uh, lastly, African Music Machine, Blackwater Gold is the name of this. Uh, these guys were around, uh, I believe, early to mid 70s and put out some singles, but never like a full album. And this was the first time they compiled their singles. And this was released, I think, 2007 uh, was the when the, the vinyl got released. Uh, but it's more like awesome, like Caribbean, like Afro-Caribbean funk kind of thing going on, which is always going to be, uh, it's always going to have a place in my heart. Yeah. But uh, it's really good. Really good. <clears throat> and that, I believe, are our purchases. <laughs> Some of them, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Not anywhere close to all of them, but some. Of them. Yeah. Okay. So you you um you set set up this next little section here. I think, I think if I'm following you correctly, I've been surprising you with things I like. So. Um... Yeah. So I guess initial the initial thought came from uh, listening. I checked out this podcast called uh, uh, Music Exists, um, which is Chuck Klosterman and. I can't remember the other guy's name. That's Ryan, all right. Ryan, somebody Chuck's guy. <laughs> yeah. Chuck's buddy. Um, uh, and it's honestly, I hope if they listen to this, I hope that they don't take offense when I say this, but sort of hard to, hard to listen to because of the way that they talk about music. Sometimes yeah. it's just like annoying to me, but that's me. Um, I'm sure some people will hear this at some point and be like, wow, those guys are annoying. But anyways, <laughs> Um, they, they kind of try to tackle some esoteric subjects, um, and something they were talking about kind of got me thinking about this fact that like, we kind of get identified by the music that people kind of think that we would like yeah, or like the most. So for instance, uh, say like, you know, I played in... Uh, a band that was on discord records. And if somebody knows that they'll probably think that that is the kind of, that's like my favorite kind of music. Or yep. if they knew that I played in some kind of weird art rock band, they would be like, okay, he played in weird art rock band. He likes weird art rock bands. And that's his thing. Even though that's probably not true, which it isn't. Um, I love that music, but it's not like my favorite music. So, yeah. and I think the illustration I gave you was like, I remember the first time you told me that uh, phrenology was one of your favorite records yeah. and it i remember like huh only <laughs> because we had never for whatever reason you and i had never like had some like deep hip-hop discussion like yeah like we both listened to it for sure but we had never like hey let's talk about hip-hop yep <laughs> and so when you said like for now i think you actually gave me like a burned cd copy of it at some point because yep. i didn't have it at the time and you're like, yeah, it's one of my favorite records. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. And I remember being like, just later, like, huh, 
<laughs> it's so funny because I would never like know that because we didn't talk about it. And it's not like it's yeah. a guilty pleasure or anything like that. It's no, like, yeah. Legitimately the thing that you probably listen to the most that you don't yeah. that people wouldn't know. Yeah. And so I guess the original question that I ask you is like it'd be fun to maybe discuss what those would be. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so it's more like what your actual favorites are <laughs> well this is what people always say to me like um i think people like i work in the music industry but what sure. you realize is like a lot of people that work in the music industry don't really like a lot of music they right. like the music that's sort of right in front of them that they're directly associated with and that's right not that's not a dig it's just right you know, there's a certain naivety of me growing up being like, well, when I work in the music industry, I'm going to sit around and talk with people about their, you know, favorite Herbie Hancock record or whatever, right. you know. Um, but because people see my social media posts, which is basically only music, they'll, right. you know, I'll get really like, and I know what they're trying to do. They're kind of trying to connect, but it's really hard for me because they'll be like, what's a favorite record you own? Right. <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, yeah, and I just go blank, and I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that question. And they're like, Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, what's your favorite genre of music? And I'm like, Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, right. right. Um, and and um, it it always makes it really hard. And I know I sort of turn them off because I don't have sort of a quick and easy answer. But I found that usually, um. I can get going with people talking musically by having them talk about music. And then I can sort of right. say, yeah, I like that. Or I don't like that or something along those sure. lines. Um, I think that for me personally, <laughs> and we've <laughs> talked about this a million times in this podcast, but we are such consumers of music. Like, yes. um, like we, that if we only listen to like, like let's say if we only listen to, Led Zeppelin. Okay. Yeah. That we would, and there are people like that out there, like think Dead or Zeppelin or, yeah, you know those type of bands. Would that's all they listen to? Or Dylan? That's and they know everything about it, right. in and out. They've read every book. They know all the bootlegs, the concerts, and all that. Sometimes I envy those people because they can get so locked into an artist like that. <laughs> right. Um, but for me, I'm usually like, cool. I've already jumped on to like. You know, I've already found some weird jazz record that I'm now interested in. Right. You know what I mean? And then I'll get a little tired of the jazz stuff and then I'll, you know, and then, well, I'm rambling. But I think the other sure. thing, too, is everything is inspired by everything else. So you and I like right. to follow the rabbit hole or like the, the trails, right. if you will. Right. So you'll, you'll like, I keep going back to them, but like you may listen to a Herbie Hancock record and realize that's inspired a ton of 80s hip-hop, right? And then right. You, you get into that 80s hip-hop, but then you find a sample from an R&B song. Then you go back and you find that R&B song, and then you listen to that, you know? So yeah. I think what what generally surprises people is just that I listen to so many different things. Sure. And, like, um, that I, I just... You know, even, like, a lot of, like, CCM, like, Christian stuff that I kind of grew up with. Like, I'm right. still, like, I bought an, I did buy another Amy Grant record this last yes. weekend, you know? Like, and people were like, wow, I would have never thought that. And I'm like, well, that's probably because I didn't tell you that I worked at, like, a Christian radio station growing up right. all, all through high school, you know? And then they're like, oh, right. I didn't know that, you know? So, but some of that stuff gets so ingrained in your 
you know, in your own personality that like, right. You don't think to just, I mean, look, we've all got friends that love to tell you everything and everyone they know and everything they've ever done and all that. Um, and I, I, I at least hope that I'm don't come across that way a lot of times, but like, you know, there's things that I've done that I've forgotten, you know what I mean? So, but you could even look at this in terms of like, I'm really rambling now, but like, even like when I had my (laughs) record label, you know what I mean? Like I could have probably cashed in and really gone after Copeland, I could have gone like really emo and probably developed a bigger audience or after embraced gone really hardcore and embraced an audience, you know what I mean? Like, and then, then those people just keep coming back because you have a certain sound and they'll just keep buying your records. But yeah. I was like, no, I'll put out this forget cassette record and then an instrumental right. record by the Sincerity Guild and then this singer songwriter, right. you know, um, Caitlin Rose record, you know, like I just yeah. that's just the way my my brain kind of works. So I think I I think usually when I surprise someone, it's because they don't know, like there was a time when I think social sharing of music now is yeah. helps a lot like sure people didn't know that i even owned a lot of records for a long time do you know what i mean they yeah until i started posting them and then they were like whoa like you we listen to the same music and i'm like oh that's cool i didn't know that i didn't know that either yeah. until you started posting about it right so like right probably part of the reason you didn't know all the hip-hop stuff was because like i went through a really intense like black star most deaf to live right roots common like all those like jay dilla all and i was just buying cds at that time like just left and right and uh and just went crazy with all those and uh and then now once they're kind of being reissued i'm excited to kind of pick them back up that i've got a good system to listen to so yeah i mean i think because it doesn't surprise me if you say something like i'm usually like yeah yeah that's forward you know what i mean because you'll say something like Oh man, I really love uh, the Jets or something. Is right. that one one of yours recently? And I'm yes. like, yeah, you know, yeah. like that's surprising, but it's dead on you. Like it that's makes total sense. Thing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because I think I think my my main thing here is that like there's probably because for me I can say this without unequivocally, without a doubt, my favorite music. Like if I had to give away all the other records and I can only keep one style or whatever, uh, would be, uh, that whole like Memphis muscle shoals, like soul thing yeah. of yeah. from like 60 to like 75 or so. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people would probably think, if, if somebody knows me, like we know each other, yep. you're going to be like, yeah, of course. But I, I think that there, you know, at, at a, at a point in my life, I was definitely listening to all that. Um, yeah. I always have, but people would have been like really shocked <laughs> if they knew that, like, that was the thing, you know, I had, I had that, you know, Sam and Dave cassette in the car or whatever. Yep. And like, yeah. I wore it out, you know, but like, uh, because it was, you know, I was in rock bands or I talked a lot or wound up talking a lot about like guitar based yeah, post-punk things or whatever, you know, or post-hardcore things or whatever. And, you know, it, it would be equally probably as 
earth shattering to some people, even though we've already talked about it, like you said, the jets or the like uber poppy stuff that I will be like, yeah, man, I unabashedly love pop music. Oh like, yeah. As long as it's done right. You know, like there's a, there's a certain set of parameters that for some reason always get me. And then there's yeah. a certain set of parameters that always turn me off. But yeah, if it's done right, I love it. It's just, it's just funny because like, I guess what got me on this is like, there's like this perception I think that people have of, you know, I came across this a lot in when, while playing in bands, like being on the road or whatever, somebody do an interview or, you know, even somebody just, what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing right now? And you yeah. tell them and they would just look like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, but you play in Trail of Dead and, you, and you're, you're listening to Adele? I'm like, yeah. yes, I fucking love Adele. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're like, what? And I'm like, yes. Like, have you listened to it? Like, no. And I'm like, that's why you're saying that to me right now. Because if you listen to it, you would go home and cry on your pillow right now. Like, you would you <laughs> would go home and be like, oh, my God, this is so great. But, yeah. like, people, it's just funny, like, the, I guess, the perceived thing. Like, you're, you're supposed to, it's kind of like they, people, you know, everybody likes to put everybody else in, like, a box that they think they know. Yeah. But, you know, they, they say you know you're in a you're in a loud rock and roll band you're gonna like loud rock and roll music I'm like no like yeah i go and listen to buena vista social club every night after the show because i need something to like chill out to you yeah, know yeah, like yeah because i need it i need it to not sound like a jet engine in my ears <laughs> <laughs> i agree i mean i think too that like um having i enjoy kind of posting you know something now and having somebody be like, Whoa, that's yeah. I love that right. record. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I don't, I don't know that they think it's weird that I have it. <laughs> They're just happy to maybe see something that I'm posting. Right. You know? So like a great example would be like, you know, miseducation of Lauren Hill or whatever, which yes. I just love that record like so through good. and through. And, um, but you know, I do surprise people. I told someone the other day, I, I saw Janet Jackson a couple summers ago, and they're like, "Really?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I love Janet Jackson." You know yeah. I mean? So, um, you know, I I think I I could I don't know that I can answer the the like if I could only keep one sort of genre of music. That's a, that's very challenging. Although I I do think the soul stuff would would definitely keep me happy for a long time. But um, yeah. But the it makes me wonder if I wouldn't want to keep just all the jazz because then like if i've only got if i can only listen to something over and over and over i'm sure i'll continually find new things in there right. you know like that right. that might be something that's kind of interesting but i also feel like um you know people should have like a really diverse you know listening experience in life and it's the people that right. are sort of locked into one genre but um that I, that I think are kind of robbing themselves, but um, but you know I love I mean ugh, like eighties hair metal like some of those songs yeah, of course oh, love it yeah and it's like um you know because uh, I grew Speaking up with of, it, you know did you see the uh, Skid Row for Record Store Day Yeah I did, I did. <laughs> Well wait is it the original one It's the uh, it's Slave to the Grind oh is it? okay so i was like oh okay. come on so can we segue into documentaries now based on that one one absolutely comment? absolutely okay. 
So one thing that we've I hit you with today is like let's do an audible and talk about our favorite music documentaries that yes. uh, because everyone's sort of stuck at home right now. But um, yep. I about three weeks ago came down with the a strain flu let yes. me repeat that it was the a strain <laughs> the doctor told me i don't have coronavirus but right 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 um, also need to make, me out. make sure that everybody knows that my cough is not coronavirus <laughs> i don't have corona i am um, corona free yeah but we had uh it knocked me out for about six days and yes uh, and so if i was just burning out on trying trying to find stuff to watch on tv and so i finally started kind of diving into some documentaries and yep. the one that I enjoyed the most that totally surprised me was the rush documentary. <laughs> so good. It's so, so good. good. And like Emily and I watched it together. Cause it was uh, on a weekend. She was home with me and it was like kind of in the middle of two documentaries I watched. And she was like, yeah. And she, and she, she looked, she kind of looked over and was like, uh, do we like rush now? Cause I kind of like them. And I'm like, I know me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now I want to go buy a bunch of Rush records. But in that documentary, they're interviewing Sebastian Bach. This is how I'm telling yes. you all together. Like, it's yes. probably in his house. And the whole wall is the cover art for Slave to the Crack. <laughs> yes. I remember, I remember yeah. like, wow, and, they picked Sebastian Bach? <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, uh. I was like, whoa, that is, that is pretty weird. But, um, but to, going around that point if like even if you don't like rush if you watch this documentary i think at the end you'll like them and yes. um i think the thing that surprised me the most and i even made the boys come in and watch it was they went through when they went through their weird like 80s police phase and they show yes. that music video where they're just cut and pasted <laughs> floating around <laughs> it's so bad oh it's so bad so bad so bad but uh um, yeah but that that's one that um, I, I've 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 recommended to many people um, after watching it. It's like, oh man, you yes. gotta watch a rush documentary on uh, on Netflix. It's so great. So, so I did the same thing. Uh, I watched. I loved that one. I'm I'm like I like. I think we talked about this before we talked about Rush, but. I'm like a three record rush fan. There's like yeah. three records where I'm like, all right, I can stay with you for this long, this amount of time I can hang. And before this, I'm like, Ooh. and after this, I'm like, Oof. but like right in the sweet spot is like real good. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching that just one day, just like, just like we all apparently have, we turned it on and just yeah. like got sucked in. And I was like, wow, they just seem like likable dudes. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Like they just seem like just... they could be your dad's friends who come yeah. over occasionally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite um, part is when they're in the baker or they're eating lunch and the woman is freaking out getting Getty Lee's autograph, but she doesn't right. uh, recognize the guitar player. <laughs> his name is, I'm Alex. on right now, but yeah, yeah, Alex, he's just sitting there like just eating his food, you know, and Getty's like, Maybe you should get his too. And she just looks at him and looks right back at Getty and just says, "Okay, cool." And then just gets him to sign it and then walks away. I thought that right. was awesome. And it was I thought they really, you know, they dealt with the the like the original Neil Pert like tragedies like in a very like graceful way and didn't yeah. like cuz I, you know, apparently he's he was always a pretty as you can tell in that documentary, he's like a pretty sensitive dude in the sense of yeah. like, like don't invade my space. Like, I don't want yeah. you like in my world. Like I'm here yeah. to play a show for you, but 
don't ask of me yeah. after that kind of thing, yeah. which, you know, can be taken as like, oh, what a jerk, or can be taken as like, oh, he's a person. He probably just kind of wants to do his thing and then go home. Like, yep. you know, I'm kind of okay with that. He's he, he's going to play for like two and a half hours for you. I think I think it's probably all right. <laughs> yeah. He's going to hit 107 drums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the same time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, um, one of my one other of the, favorites. Yeah, you oh, go. Sorry. No, go. Um, no, you go. I think it's on there. I think it's on there right now. Uh, the Eagles documentary. Is it? Yeah. So Emily and um, I tried to watch that one time, and I don't know if we started it like in the wrong spot or not, but I don't know. I think we just got off on the wrong foot. I just, I think we just need to go back and try again. It is well documented that the one artist slash genre that I would rather be stuck in the fiery pit of hell forever than have to listen to is the Eagles. Um, yeah, but the front half of that documentary is real great. Like yeah. even through the like moments where they really want to kill each other and they're like, they'll play like <laughs> recordings from the stage where they're like in the middle of a song and like yep. Glenn Fry is looking at one of the other dudes and being like, I'm going to kill you tonight. Like, <laughs> Like you can hear them talking to each other on the stage, like you're done after this, yeah. you're done. And like, then somebody tells the story about, you know, after that show, he went backstage and broke all his guitars and this happened. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Like it's the Eagles. Yeah. It made me realize that the thing I actually really hate about the Eagles was the like hell freezes over version yeah. of the Eagles. Yeah, I agree. Like I it just agree. came, they came, it's like they came at a time when I was like, super fired up about what I wanted to hear and like learning about music in this new way and all that. And like, suddenly I'm like, I don't want you old dudes hogging the spotlight. Like yep. get out of there. Let the kids have a shot, you know? <laughs> Anyways, I got to think go that's on there. Try that one again. It's long. It's like one of those yeah, like, super long. long ones, but it's long. One of the ones I know for sure it's on Netflix right now, and it's great, and I meant to watch it for years, and I haven't, so I'm embarrassed to say it, but the Searching for Sugar Man documentary is great. I also need to watch that. Yeah, it's great. It's only like an hour and a half. It's not very yeah. long. Um, it's kind of short, sweet, and to the point, but like you'll get you'll get a little teary-eyed at the end. I mean, uh, I mean, dude's still around, so it's not like he dies in it or anything, right. but like, um, just sort of the tale of someone kind of getting lost in the business and then being resurrected by a small country, you know, 30, 40 years later, and then right. playing to thousands of people. It's just a great, great story. And the music's yeah. really great too. Like yeah. those records are really great. So I'm, I'm, I kind of want to pick some of those up, but that, that was a good one. I don't know if it's on there anymore. I know it was for a while, but the, uh, it's another good one to take up like a whole day with uh, running down a dream, the Tom Petty guy. Oh Yeah. Is it was on there at some point? I think they removed it, but I think it, it, if it's not on Netflix, it's on Amazon for sure. But yeah. Yeah. um, it's like three and a half hours long or something. Yeah. But it's like if you're into watching dudes in a band tell stories about being in a band, yeah. <laughs> that's the one for you. And yeah. some of it is just insane. Like, you know, we went, we just drove all the way from Gainesville, Florida to. LA, yeah, and walked crazy. into a bunch of offices and like yeah. tried to give them our our demo. Yeah, crazy. Like, what? Who does that? Like, that's not a thing. 
Speaking of Tom Petty, uh, Ryan Irvin had a great Facebook post today, and it said, "Sorry, guys, I I've, I hoarded all the TP, and it's all his Tom Petty records." <laughs> I thought that was great. Very great, great, great. Um, another one that's interesting that I I so I did three in a row when I was sick, and I did Searching for Sugar Man Rush, and then I watched the Quincy Jones one, and uh, yes. um, the Quincy Jones ones is fairly interesting. I mean, it's impressive yeah. to see all the stuff he's done. Right. You know, it it really kind of it's very, um, I don't know. There's, there's two, and I'll, I'll kind of go back. I'll, I'll kind of sub in another one. This one's on Amazon. I think you have to rent it through Amazon, but we do that all the yeah. time. But the new Linda Rostat documentaries on there. And oh, that one's yeah. really great too. So the, the, the reason why I kind of correlate <laughs> to is like, you look at like Linda Rostat and, uh, Quincy Jones and like, they're two people that had like massive careers, but they also like, borderline killed themselves like working right. so hard like to get there they took on everything they did everything they were constantly like changing genres and styles and just just being themselves and doing whatever and uh, and in quincy's case ends up you know producing michael jackson you know like um yeah. and these iconic records or whatever so um those were really kind of interesting to watch the quincy jones one is well, they're both kind of tough because they're both kind of not in the best health at this stage in their life, you know. Right. So, um, but but that was a good one too, and um, and then I only have one more after that. But if you got another one, go for it. Uh, I just recently started watching it, um, and it just recently showed up the uh, Birth of the Cool. Which oh is yeah, the new we Miles watched Davis that last guy. night or two nights ago. <laughs> we watched it two nights ago. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. They got the guy, the guy doing the voiceover, like yeah. has the Miles raspy yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's really great. I'm <clears throat> sorry. Whew. Yeah, Emily and I watched that one. Um, also a good one. I really enjoyed the like 70s on. I felt like that. It kind of got the most interesting then, um, nice. which you probably haven't made it there yet. Uh, no. Okay. So the last one, and I'm telling everyone about it because it's kind of unbelievable, <laughs> but it's actually really entertaining. And if you don't like the band at the end, you'll it's kind of like Rush. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, man, I'm, I kind of want to go pick up. Some ZZ Top records. The new ZZ oh. Top documentary on um, Netflix is... Is it really good? It's good. I mean, nice. it's not mind-blowing. Like, it's... Okay, the only real, like, scandalous thing, and and it, it's kind of, like, by the book, if you think about rock bands, but it's, like, uh, you know, the the drummer was Frank Beard or whatever, like, yeah. had a heroin problem. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. outside of that, they're really just, like, three dudes that just, like, show up and just play and like right. <laughs> they just, just make the these thing. like really great sounding records that like will stand the test of time. And it's weird right. that I'm even saying this, but like, right. It, it's just interesting to see kind of how they were just like a band that was out there slogging it and working really hard on the road. And then sort of ended up right catching the MTV video wave. And then like, right. Eliminator comes out and then people are like, I don't like him anymore or whatever. But like, um, but that's how so many other people found out about him, you know? So it's, it's, it's an entertaining watch. I mean, um, I really enjoyed it again. It's not a long one. It's only like, it's less than two hours, but you know, it, it was fun. I, uh, I have one to watch and then one to stay away from. How about that? Oh, uh, yeah, I like that. The we'll end uh, on those. I guess it's not really. A, I guess it's technically a documentary, but the the Beyonce movie, okay, was absolutely captivating. I'll, okay. I'll be honest; it was great. Um, 
it is basically dealing with the time, if you don't know, when she has just had babies. I think she had just had the twins and is about to come and play Coachella as, as like her first like return back to gotcha. uh, live performance. Yep. Um, and the, basically it's like documenting the road from deciding she's going to do it, which I, she basically decides like literally holding the, the babies like after they're born. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing to like the performance itself. And so yeah. it shows like all the work that went into like getting as like a full year's worth of preparation yeah, just to get to these two shows. And, uh, there's a lot of like cultural things that went into the show. It's very smart. It's very political. It's very cultural. Um, I was the last person that I thought would be a champion of a Beyonce documentary, but in fact, I loved it. Uh, it was great. Yeah, cool. Um, and then somehow, some way I wound up watching the Taylor Swift thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say for anybody who is on the fence, which you may or may not be, uh, if you're on the fence, I would say stay away. Uh, it was, uh, I felt like it was trying to like humanize her in a way that was annoying. Like I'm supposed to feel so, sorry, like in a way my, that was. You want my two cents on this one? It was sort of like, do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's yeah. like it's almost like I'm trying to like you're trying to guilt me into feeling yeah. bad for you. Yeah, Which I, I don't. I I know you're. I'm I know it's be rough, really unfair here, and do and it. I'm gonna just say that I really probably will not watch it, but <laughs> it's fair. Outside looking in, to document anything at this point in your career feels like you're trying to control a narrative. Right. And you're probably actively involved in it and trying to kind of maybe create a story in a way that usually (laughs) doesn't always end up coming across quite the way you want it to because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you're not letting maybe the press and all those people and, and, and listen, press and people come up with the wrong narratives all the time. Sure. But um, but when I heard about it, I was like, yeah, this just feels like it's going to kind of be like that, where it's like, I'm, I'm going <coughs> to, you know, I, I want people to know this, so I'm going to make a documentary about it. And um, again, yes. I'm just going to go on record and apologize to everyone for even a, having an opinion on it, because I'm probably not going to watch it. But that's just my assumption of what it is. And uh, I have no... I like 1989 is a great record. Yes. And uh, I've seen her uh, on tour. I've seen her do multiple award shows, performances, obviously stuff. Sure. So I have no beef with her. She's insanely talented. Um, It just feels like a weird time to have a documentary, I guess. Yes. My only, I guess that's what I would say. It felt like, so there was a Katy Perry movie. I don't know if you know this or not. (laughs) Again, Again, I, I have no real need to see a Katy Perry movie, but that's oh, fine. you need to see it. It's real good. Um, it's real good. Uh, I'm unabashedly a fan of that movie, um, but it did, and I, I reference it because I feel like it did the thing that this was trying to do and did not do. Okay, in the sense that, like, the Katy Perry movie is like 
over the top and wackadoo and crazy. And it's a lot of behind the, behind the scenes, backstage stuff. Yeah. You don't really get the like, there's never like a sob story, Katy Perry moment until yeah. like in the middle of her highest high, you know, her and Russell Brand break up or whatever. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, here's, a, but it's like, that's an actual dramatic moment. Like, yeah. like, okay, that's, that would suck to yeah. be like re- breaking records and all this. And then all that happened. Like, yeah, that would suck. Like the, the Taylor Swift thing was like, you know, she's trying to write, uh, I guess, lover. Yeah. I guess she's trying to write yeah. this last record during this whole thing. Like, and a lot of it is just her, like, it's like trying to show her, uh, I guess her, her method of writing. And yeah. it's like, you're just like, this is weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're just sitting in a room with a dude and like, you'll kind of hum a thing and then maybe he'll make a beat and then you'll like write some words. And then there's like, yeah. a, it's like, it's I don't hard to romanticize <laughs> some songwriting today. Right. You're like, this doesn't look like, you know, this is not the basement tapes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or something, you know, it's not like, or even that's her even first the same few thing. records, you know, which right. Were, you know, a exactly. little bit more on the country songwriting type. So, so, yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's just a weird, it's yeah. a weird thing. And like the sad moments, quote unquote, are just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, that's so sad. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I don't really understand what I'm supposed to feel right now. <laughs> but oh, maybe man. I've just had, maybe I hadn't had enough coffee. Who knows? I, I don't know. I, I look, <laughs> look, to white dudes in their 40s i don't think that's the target market for that right um, and two guys with a podcast talking about their favorite uh records that they just bought it's probably not the target market for their <laughs> viewership on those things, you know so and it's so right. interesting now with like streaming uh all these streaming channels it's almost like you know you, you know you just throw it out there you know what i mean it's like right. what's the metric metric of success i mean get enough buzz around it and people just see it pop up and chances are they'll just watch it because it's there and it's in their mind free to them. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, so it's, it's literally it, what I, I did. I, yeah. There's going to be a <laughs> lot, just like, Oh, okay. a lot more of those that kind of pop up in the future, which, you know, depending on the, the uh, subject matter, you know, well, well, it'll be fine. But, but anyway, I think, um, I don't know. I was thinking about that today. It was like, man, I've just been seeing everyone posting about, you know, being home and trying to find stuff to watch and, you know, all that stuff with all the kind of quarantining yeah. that's going on and and thought, well, maybe we should throw out some recommendations. But the the yeah. first two at the top of my list would be the rush and the ZZ tops. So. No. Yeah. Those are those are goodies. I would I would definitely go I guess top three would be well, I think the chasing uh, chasing train is still on there oh, too. Oh, that's a great which one. Which is too. a great yeah. one if you haven't seen it, but we covered that before yep. in Jazz Town. Yep. But yep. uh Chasing Train, that that new Miles one, even though I haven't gone all the way through it, I mean yep. anything about those dudes is gonna be great. Um yep. and entertaining. Uh and uh Ooh, I will say while I'm thinking about it, because I think we brought this up in the jazz one too, but um if it's still out there, the my name is Morgan. Um, yes oh uh, yeah is a great one about uh, really Lee good morgan um, yep uh that, that if that one pops up and i i like to, i actually end up it's amazing how much i end up just sort of renting through amazon because like yeah. i i just i've 
I have a hard time picking something to watch anyway. I just have like this <laughs> idea that whatever I've chosen is not as good as what the next thing is. And I'm not a big series TV guy. Like I don't really like right. to be like, ooh, let me get in on this because I just kind of get bored halfway through every television season that's ever come out. Um, right. I'm just that way. I'm not I'm just a weird guy. But uh, so a lot of times I was like, oh, cool. There's a documentary on uh, Amazon. I'll rent it for like three bucks or four bucks or something like that. So uh, right. some of those might be out there, too. So, well, yeah, I mean, the basic um, basic gist is that uh, I mean, I haven't been quarantined yet, thankfully. But uh, there you go. We're still we're still slinging bagels, um, trying to figure out how to do it without anybody getting sick if they're going to get sick. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the basic gist is we're probably all going to be stuck inside for a minute. So yeah, we're going we're, to need things to do. <laughs> we're working from home. I'm working from home this week. The uh, wife and kids are <clears throat> schools are canceled this week. Everyone's just taking it kind of a week to week, but I think it's going to last a little yeah. longer. So. Yep. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really hit the moment where I think they're like it, the business has dipped so much that we're like, yeah, we should just close this thing. <clears throat> yeah. So <clears throat> we're I don't think it will actually. Bit. I think that people are going to want to zip out and get something. Do you know what right. I mean? So I think right, you guys right. will be fine. I think you guys yep. will be fine. So. All right, buddy. Well, um, uh, maybe we will get catch another episode recorded this week then. Since yeah, we'll uh, we'll be hanging around. So sure, man. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, bud. Right, bye. Bye.